When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Blood Red channel. I'm Josh Williams and I'm joined by Mo Stewart as always. Mo, how are you getting on, mate? Good, man. Good. Um, I've been excited by uh, this week's task and I've been taken to it with vigour, which, considering how Liverpool have been playing, will probably let people know exactly what we are and aren't talking about. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's grim, isn't it? It's grim on me, as you said at the minute. Uh, Liverpool got absolutely hammered by Wolves. Um, and I don't actually think we really learned anything new. So... Rather than touching on those negatives again for like the 17th consecutive week or whatever it is, I thought we could maybe change the combo up a bit and direct the conversation towards scouting picks, basically. So Mo hasn't actually took part in one of these yet, but what the idea of the show generally is, is I will pick out a few players and Mo will do the same. Just general players that we like the look of for whatever reason, and we'll touch on those reasons, ones to watch type thing. Um, we have done this a lot of times in the past, since, since the, the show was first created and stuff, and I don't know, I mean, off the top of my head, I think a few players I've named, I, I think I named Josh Goldgradio, uh, just as he moved to Leipzig while he was still at Zagreb. I think that turned out pretty well. I remember mentioning Odegaard, um, Kurt Miners, who got linked with Liverpool recently, They've men- mentioned a few in the past. So we generally do okay with it, but Mo, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the tough part of it because it's how low on the food chain yeah. do they really need to be? Because a lot of these guys are people who, I think just because of the way football is now, and particularly with Liverpool, the fact that we have been so desperate for transfers, it's harder to find someone who no one knows about, mm. particularly if you want to have someone playing in a good enough league to say that their talents could potentially bl- blossom. So it's a it's a fine line, but I feel like I've done okay. Yeah, well, I mean, th- there's different reasons why we why we do this. It's not it's not strictly Liverpool this episode, technically. Like, I'm, I'm, one of my players will be probably a surprise to a few people, and it's, it's certainly not a Liverpool link. It's just a player I want to talk about because I like the lot of them. Um, so it, never, it doesn't have to be like I remember Dave once went towards the <laughs> I think he went towards the Polish first division and I think <laughs> I think he recommended a something like a 20 year old centre half that nobody had ever heard of and since since he said that the players done absolutely none <laughs> so that's that's as obscure as we've got I think um, but most of the time it's just a player from Europe's top five leagues who's doing alright and, and things like that but Without further ado, I will let you start, mate. So, where are we going first? Yeah, I had a feeling you might say that. Um, well, this fella is certainly not playing in the Polish First Division. He's playing in La Liga and he's playing international football. And 
he's going to probably be one of the greatest players in his position for his country if he continues at the same rate, which is a big claim to start the show with, I know. But I, I genuinely think this kid's got it all. Uh, Alejandro Balde is his name. He plays left back for Barcelona. And he's he's very young. He's only 19 years old, but he's already basically retiring Jordi Alba. Um, <laughs> he's... His, most of his um, skills comes from attacking, but he is a very good defender. When you see most young players coming in a fullback and they start to excel, you, you look at their attacking play. And if you look at most of his compilations and most of the kind of highlight packages, they are all focused on him going forward. And with good reason, because he's fantastic going forward. But I like the fact that he doesn't let his defensive side down. One-on-one, -on -one, he's very good. Like, And this is interesting because... I looked at his stats and I was kind of surprised at how low some of his stats are, like particularly on tackles and interceptions. But then you think about it. He plays for Barcelona. Barcelona defenders don't traditionally do masses and masses of defending, so numbers are going to be down. And then I looked at the table, La Liga table, Barcelona, top of the table, currently conceded seven goals in 20 games. So I think it's fair to say defensively, he does okay. So let's talk about him attacking, because he's amazing. Uh, he's brilliant at dribbling. That's the thing that's going to stand out. His turn of speed is ridiculous. He can go from zero to 60 in what seems like a blink of an eye. And I love the way he does it as well. You can see sometimes he can just burn people with good coach control and just out and out speed. But sometimes he can be tricky with it. Like, He's one of those, he's, he's got the ability to do things that only certain players with certain speed can do. He can take a big touch because he knows he can catch it up. And those big touches sometimes draw the defenders in, but he gets there first. So the defender comes in, commits, and he can just scoot on by him and quite embarrass him quite a lot. And he does that quite a lot. He has that ability and he's starting to up his production now. He's getting a few more assists. Still needs to improve on his shooting because he is going to get chances in front of goal. But my goodness, every time I watch this kid, I'm impressed. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I, I first became aware of him at the World Cup, actually, so not fairly recent for me. Um, I've generally switched off with the whole Barcelona nonsense past couple of years. It just seems to be crazy over there, doesn't it, but... I did pick up on him at the World Cup. I was impressed with his performances, and a, a quick Google just told me that he played for Barcelona, and I was quite surprised. So maybe I'm off the scene a little bit lately, but uh, I was a bit surprised by it. Looking into him a bit more, as you say, he, he looks like a top player. And at the World Cup, it just it it it, it shined immediately. You know, he, he was just the kind of player who quite clearly had obvious quality, really fast, as you say, explosive almost. Um. 
19 years old as well, so he's got yeah. plenty of years ahead of him to actually get towards his peak. Um, and if you look at his numbers in comparison to like fullbacks from across Europe, top five leagues over the past year, he's in like the 95th percentile for successful dribbles on a per 90 basis. Um, and as you say, really attacking, got really offensive qualities. So yeah, he, he's a type of player who, who looks like he's going to be a top performer to me. Um, the, the interesting thing about him as well is that he's kind of in the Gavi situation in as much as that he's done so much so quickly that his contract is technically up at the end of next year. Mm. Oh, what? Yeah. So Barcelona are frantically trying to get him to sign an extension, but the vultures are beginning to circle. So it'll be very interesting to pay attention to that because he could be one of the big stories over the summer if they don't get that extension done by the end of the season. Yeah, he does look very, very good. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Um, so, for mine, where shall I start with this? I think I will start in probably the surprise place then. Um, I'm going to go as close to home as you possibly can, and I'm going to go to Goodison Park, fully enough. Uh, oh, wow. Amadou Anana, I, I am a fan of. It, this is just a complete curveball for this show, because this is a Liverpool show, and obviously, because of that, we're probably never ever going to sign this player. But I think Everton have got a little gem there, to be honest. I'm going to say little. He's over six foot. Um, he's 21 years old, Belgian international, and based on what I've seen so far, I think Everton have got a really good player here. As I said, he's he's about six two, I think. He's good on the ball. I think he, he he can carry over large distances. Got really long strides and things like that. Physical, strong, athletic, uh, and he regains possession quite a lot for them. Uh, offers a bit of a presence in the middle of the park, I think, and I think it's interesting that West Ham were the first club to go for him in the summer, just gone, and I think he was very obviously the replacement for Declan Rice, who's probably going to go in the summer. I think he would have been ideal for that, actually. Um, but he ends up going to Everton. Why he chose Everton over West Ham, I don't know, to be honest. Um, but he, he looks like he's going to be a really good player moving forward. As I said, he's only 21. Thinking of what he might be like when he's 25. If, if Put it this way, if I was like... If I was in charge of Chelsea or Spurs or Arsenal, maybe, or, or a team like that, I would be really monitoring the whole situation at Everton. They're still, even though they've just beat Arsenal, I think they're still in 18th in the Premier League. Relegation, even though Dice has now arrived, is a very realistic possibility. So, if it wasn't Liverpool, I would be circling around and that, and I'm basically thinking, I can pick this lad up here, because he looks really well-rounded. As I said, he's still just 21. And, up, unusually for Everton, he looks like a, a good pick-up. <laughs> uh, obviously they get it wrong a lot in the transfer market but in signing him I think it was about 35 million or so he looks like a really good buy I think 
I mean, credit where it's due. <laughs> yeah, I think the, yeah. the thing I like about that is that they they, they signed Adrissa Gay uh, alongside him as well. So it was almost like an insurance policy in case it didn't quite go to plan. But yeah, I think from the very first time he came on, I remember his first, I think he came on as a sub in a game. And I don't think he scored. I think he nearly set one up. Yeah. And he just immediately rose, like, rose the level of play all, by all players around him, injecting, that, like you say, that energy. But also, he was able to distribute the ball and receive it and, and win it back with, with ease. So, he does look like he's got quite quite the ceiling. I think of those teams that you mentioned, the ones who I would be most, um, if I was interested, I'd be going for is Spurs. Because yeah. the thing about the idea of pairing him with uh, Hoiberg and Benson Coe in the midfield, then that gives you a real good balance between being able to win the ball, being able to get up and down the pitch, being also able to pick a great pass. Um, I think I like the fact that he, again, he's someone who could probably be the defensive man in a three, but also be a roaming eight, so to speak. So the problem he's got at Everton is I do think his role in a Sean Dyche um, midfield might be considerably different to what it would have been in a Frank Lampard midfield and that might ne not necessarily be good for him at this stage in his development he might need a bit of stability I mean where you find stability in football is hard to be honest but that's yeah, well, my only fear for him but no I like you I'm like you I think that they've got good in there yeah well he was used in the three in, in Dice's first game he was used as a number eight with Idrissa Gay as the six I think and with the core as the other eight. Um but I, I think he, he he's better on the ball than I thought he'd be. And without the ball, as I said, he regained it a fair amount. Just looking at his numbers so far this season. Um in terms of drib in terms of tackling dribblers, right, he's got the best success rate in the Premier League for midfielders, except for one player. And that one player, funnily enough, of Mo is Moises Casado. Um <laughs> So Anana is is second for the number of dribblers that he's tackled for for midfielders. That is, twenty seven lads have attempted to dribble past him, and he's tackled twenty of them. So I think he that that kind of offers an insight into what he is for me. And I think, funnily enough, it's an issue Liverpool have suffered with a little bit this season. But yeah, I just wanted to tip me hat towards the Blues for the first time. I think in in analyzing our field history, really, um, and that'll be the last time as well. I promise. Yeah, definitely the last time. I, I can't see them. I mean, they almost did it by accident, really, didn't they? But yeah, yeah, that's how it feels, yeah. If, if I, it feels like they've looked across at what Moyes is doing and thought, go on, we'll copy David Moyes, see who Moyes is buying. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they were trying to get him to come back and they were, and they were just asking him, oh, what do you think about our players? And he's like, oh, well, <laughs> not like this guy in armor. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'll, uh, I'll let you uh, continue the, the theme, mate. Who's next? Well... My next one is an English player, but he's not playing for an English team. Uh, he's Jamie Bino Gittens, who plays for Borussia Dortmund. He's uh, he's, fought, he's gone a very well-worn path from London uh, to the Man City Academy to Borussia Dortmund, and he will undoubtedly be compared to that other fellow who did that same path. He's now playing for Manchester United called Jaden Sancho. I think... He's a different kind of player to Sancho. Sancho, they, they, they both have that tricky ability. They can both go either side of a defender. 
Sancho was still looking for his first instinct was to play the ball to the killer ball to the striker. Jamie Bino Gittins has got a goal in it. And he I think it was one of his first or second appearances this season. He came off the bench and scored. And he scored another absolute belter last week, cutting inside off his right foot and curling it into the bottom corner. And I just think that he's one of those players who, if he gets the chance to grow, then he could become fantastic. The issue for him might be getting that chance within Dortmund because Dortmund have got a lot of forward players. Like, a lot of forward players. Like, they've got Haller, Anthony Modest, Mukoku, who are all central strikers. Then they've got Bino Gins, Karim Adeyemi, Daniel Marlin, Torgan Hazard, Julian Brandt, uh, Gio Reyna, who all want to play wide forwards. <laughs> and it's going to be tough for him to get the consistent minutes to develop. But if he does, I really like this kid. I think he can go far. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Yeah, I'll be honest, he's, he's not really on my radar. Uh, and you have moved early on this kid, man, looks over because he's he's made eight Bundesliga appearances this season, just four last season. So he's a very early mover for you there, Wimper Espeth. <laughs> well, I mean, I I think I do spend a lot of time watching Borussia Dortmund for reasons yeah. that are probably obvious to everybody. <laughs> but he's, I've also been intrigued by what a lot of people said to, about him coming out of the CE Academy. I think... It's a strange situation for them because they want to feel like they learned the lessons from Jaden Sancho, but I'm not sure they have. The problem is, is the players themselves are looking at Sancho and thinking, well, regardless of what you tell me, Pep Guardiola, I know that I'm going to get minutes in if I go to the Bundesliga. Irony is, as it turns out, that he's not quite getting that yet. But I might have gone early, it's true, but I do think that this time next year, there'll be quite a few more people with that same opinion, genuinely. I think it's for him, like I say, he has to get the opportunities because if you look at the, sh he's taking more shots per, like he's in the 98th percentile for shots per 90, uh, 99th percentile for shots on target per 90, which is obviously good. Now we have to mention, like you said, these are smaller sample sizes, but that does tell you that when he is on the pitch, he is dangerous. And I think in a team like Borussia Dortmund that do, accentuate the attacking side, I think it's fair to say, he's going to get opportunities to show what he can do if he gets on the pitch. It's funny that you should mention Dortmund attackers, actually, because when I was looking for players to mention, uh, I did come across Daniel Marler, and I think his situ his current situation is quite interesting, isn't it? Because I think a few years back, he was a topic on this show a, a, a fair bit, and like, he was getting linked with Liverpool, and he was thrive on a PSV I think it was and obviously he's gone to Borussia Dortmund and it just hasn't really worked for him yet uh, he's made 40 appearances in the Bundesliga and scored 5 times um, 31 of those were starts 3 assists, uh, 4 assists I mean you said there that you you watch Dortmund fairly often have you got any awareness as to why he's struggled or? I mean he's kind of lost in the reads in those fours like I say he's He's had opportunities as the first choice forward and it hasn't really grasped it. I still think he would probably prefer to play through the centre than out wide, personally. But he hasn't really been given that opportunity long term. But over the course of this season, 
we've seen the use of Makoko become a lot more um a lot more of a senior striker, a lot more of a senior presence. Uh we've fantastically been able to see Sebastian Haller coming back to fitness and form. And then you think about Karim Adeyemi, who's just come through and there's just more more informed forwards than him to get his opportunity. As I say, it's a similar problem with Bino Gittens, but Bino Gittens is probably going to get more opportunities because when he does come on, he is making a difference. Yeah, so we're, for my next pick, we are going to move towards Holland. Uh, the Eredivisie, VC, and I'm going to go for Orkan Koku. Um, you aware of him? No, I'm not. Okay, well, he, he plays for Feyenoord. Uh, he's Turkish. And one of the recurring, um, what's the word? One of, one of the recurring phrases we use on this podcast every now and then when we find a player who sh- really shines specifically in the data is we label the player as an output merchant. <laughs> and that's very much what this lad looks like. He is, as I said, he's, he's a centre midfielder for PSV. Uh, this season they've used, I think they've used 4 2 3 1 and 4 3 3. If it's 4-2-3-1, he plays as one of the double sixes. If it's 4-3-3, I think he plays as the right side of number eight. Um, and he looks, on the ball at least, like a real end product merchant, basically. Um, he's 22 years old, very two-footed. Uh, this season, he has six non-penalty goals to his name and one assist in 19 appearances in the league. Takes penalties, takes set pieces. He's the captain, so he's a very prominent figure in the in in Feyenoord's team. Uh, really good technique on the ball, and I think it was interesting that recently, stats one have got like a a similar players metric. Yeah. I think they I think yeah. they call it a doppelganger metric. Um, and someone asked who's the most similar player under twenty three to current David Silva. And this lad came up as the second most similar behind huh. behind Pedri of Barcelona. Wow. Um, so obviously that doesn't mean he's necessarily a, a great player or anything like that, but that would obviously make you want to go and watch him a little bit more. Well, yeah. Um, and he looks like a really technical... I mean, in the numbers in the on the defensive side, not so much. But if you look at his numbers in possession, I mean... Against midfielders from Europe's top five leagues over the past year, he's in the 99th percentile for progressive passes, expected goals assisted, um, shot creating actions, passes. You know, he's he, just general passes attempts. 99 for all of those. Yeah, 99th percentile for all of them. Yeah. So he's a very looks like a very prominent, dominant figure for for Feyenoord. Um, I've just. I feel like I've got to probably watch him a bit more. I've seen him, but I've got to watch him more because in the numbers, he looks like a, a real output merchant. Like, so I mean, stature-wise, is he similar to David Silver in that way? I mean, obviously, yeah, he plays... <laughs> so about five nine, I think. Okay, <clears throat> so but he's he's worth watching though because he's uh, as I said, he looks like a really dominant player for for Feyenoord. Um. And he looks like he's got a lot of skills attached to his game. I, I I mentioned a few months ago to you when we were looking at centre mids. I think I mentioned en- Enzo Lafitte, didn't I? Yeah. Um, he would he would have been in my picks today. If I didn't mention him back then. 
but this this lad looks not similar because I don't I don't know if he's got the defensive numbers attached to his game. This this lad, but in terms of being like an offensive minded midfielder, you can you can do a lot for you when you've got the ball. I think if I was a Premier League team, I don't I don't know if he's top four good. Maybe I've got to look at him a bit more than that. But if I was like a maybe a Newcastle or a Leicester, you know, a team like that kind of trying to push, maybe even as high as a Spurs. He looks like he's worth delving deeper into because he, he he got a lot of numbers on his game there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of stylistically, he definitely sounds like the kind of player I enjoy watching. So even just from that point of view. So Feyenoord, are they still in the Europa League this season? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I'll have to double-check that one. Um, if they are, I will definitely be watching their next fixture. Yeah, I mean, he's even in the, the 98th percentile for shots. 98th percentile for non-penalty goals. Uh, 97th percentile for progressive carries. Um, 91st percentile for XG. So he's just he's just everywhere. He's just very involved when it comes to possession. So he looked interesting. Well, unfortunately, they got knocked out. They didn't get out of the group. So I will have to, have to find, find a way. <laughs> yeah, I have to find a way to, to check out some Dutch football. But yeah. He's definitely one I'm going to keep my eye on, for sure. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Who's next? So, someone who plays in a similar position on the pitch, but is a little bit more, let's call him a maverick, I think. This one, this is one where some people may find themselves rolling their eyes, where some people might say, yes, yes, yes. That is uh, Ryan Cherky who uh, plays attacking midfield slash number 10 for Leon. Uh, yes, he's a, a, an attacking midfielder for Leon. Yes, we've heard this before. And again, he's going to be compared to other players who've passed well, that path, the likes of Nabil Fakir, Hassan Awar. Personally, I think he could be better than both of those. I think... At the moment, he's very raw, but when you look at the skill that he has, the ability on the ball, the, the the comfort he is with finishing with both feet, that's the thing I like the most about them. This guy can go on either side. He's capable in the central, but he can go on either side and still be deadly. He's still young. He's still raw. At the moment, Laurent Blanc is riding his ass a little bit because he's not contributing as much as he should be. But again, if you look at the numbers... Uh, progressive passes is up in the 96th, progressive carries 98th, successful take-ons the 99th percentile uh, assists the 92nd so he's getting some good production I think it's hard to say because we've been there here before with players from Leon who looked good and they never quite cracked it but maybe because those guys never left at the right time, maybe if Ryan Shirky gets that right he could, because genuinely watching him, you're thinking, "Wow, this kid could go all the way." Yeah, we have touched on a few Leon Leon players over the years. Um, I think, I mean, Guri, I think might have been a, a player that we mentioned a while back. I don't think he's at Leon anymore. I think he ended up at Nice, didn't he, or something like that? Mm-hmm. But, yes. Um, yeah, Leon, Leon tends to produce these really high potential academy graduates. Don't they? Is he an academy graduate? Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. looking at his numbers there, it's based on a small sample. He only played about 700 minutes. But, again, another output merging by the looks of it, like 99 percentile for 
progressive passes received and the take-ons and shot-creating actions and things like that. Shoots a lot by the looks of it. Um, so, yeah, another another top Leon product, really. I mean, it's funny that his it's, it's, it's four most similar players based on those numbers. Uh, it's like the Baron Bullist. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. He's got Usman Dembele, then Lionel Messi, then Neymar, and then Vinicius Jr. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be like, in, like any of them. One for one of them. Well, exactly. And I think it's not, it's, it, but like you say, those are based on numbers from potentially smaller sample sizes. But I think with the eye test as well, when you look at him, he's one of those guys, he has the potential to just get people off seats. He's the kind of guy when, when you go into a match, you're thinking, we're going to see some magic from this guy. He's the guy who, gets people excited on the way into a ground about what they're about to see. And I do think that attitude, temperament, all of those things are very, very important for a player like him playing in this kind of position because you do need to still be able to have the flair, but you want to be disciplined enough to not become a luxury for your team. I think he's still learning that at the moment. But again, if he gets it right, I think if he gets a really good coach then you could find him really flying. I'm not convinced Laurent Blanc is that guy, so it might be that he needs to move on to find that. But, yeah, he's one. The next time uh, you get the chance to see Leon, check him out. Yeah. I'm going to go towards Spain for a, I suppose, a similar-ish player, but also very different at the same time. So, La Liga and mine is Nico Williams. And not that one. No, <laughs> yeah, not not the one who's a Forest who's just been at Liverpool. This is a lad who's got the same name, spelt a little bit differently. Uh, Please for Bill Bow, and he is twenty years old. Um, I think he was in the Spanish World Cup squad as well. Came on for a few few times, got a few minutes on the pitch, and he just looks he looks interesting. He looks roughly in the type of mould that Liverpool like for their forwards in terms of like he's super explosive. Um, direct likes to carry the ball. I think he's in the the ninety fifth percentile of forwards for progressive carries over the past year. Direct, athletic, all over nice things. Really, five foot eleven, so he's not a bad height. Um, and when he's it, he likes to go on a dribble and things like that. And when when he's facing up his man and when he's carrying the ball and going direct at his man and things like that, he reminds me a little bit of a young, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. When he was at yeah. Manchester United, um, a little bit weird in the way he does it, but it does work. And he looks a bit panicked at times and things like that, but it it does come off for him a lot of the time. And sometimes he can end up going down dead ends. Basically, sometimes he can end up and and in places where he's a bit like, "How did they get here?" Um, <laughs> and I think that kind of captures what I'm going to say in terms of. I think his, his end product definitely needs to improve. What one thing this this player doesn't yeah have attached to his game is, is the data. Really, he's not really a a, a goals and assists match incident like that. He's not really producing too much beyond caddies and dribbles. Um, so he, he looks like a really raw, rough gem to me. But one who, considering he's still twenty, if he adds that element to his game, I suppose like Ronaldo did. Um, he could end up like a really, really talented player, basically really attack-minded problem for defenders to manage in the final third. Because I think on his own, he, look, he looks like he's got all the necessary 
um, natural qualities to be really good. It just needs to be harnessed in the right way, I think. No, 100%. I think in terms of talent, I think he's definitely uh, an upgrade on his brother Inaki. I think what Inaki does have in his favour, though, is uh, discipline and the mentality to be able to adapt his game to what the team required. I think he's got the ability to learn that. I do think attitude-wise, he's also very determined, very driven. I think, again, you saw when he came on in the World Cup, he was determined to take the opportunities that he was given. And he did improve the team, I think, both times when he came on. Um, I like him. It's funny, you you mentioned Cristiano Ronaldo. I think partly because he kind of looks a bit like him, but also because of style. He reminds me of Wilf Zaha. Cause I, yeah, he, like, that, that lost my mind as well, yeah. Like, like, particularly when you said that sometimes he can do something magical and that sometimes he can just find himself in a cul-de-sac with a, with no way out. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting to see how his, how his career develops because he's another one for whom you can see a world where he stays at Bilbao his whole career like his brother looks like he's probably going to do as well and and becomes like a legend within Bilbao. But then you wonder... If he takes the leap and goes somewhere else, could he be even better than that? Well, this is one of the issues with Bilbao, I suppose. When when they do get these talented players, for for them to be bought by by teams across Europe, they have to basically get really, really good because they just demand that you pay the release clause to get them. So mm-hmm. in terms of Anahi Williams and, and Nico Williams now, you know, to to get them you have to pay the release clause and usually the release clause is like an extortionate figure, basically. Like I think, did they, did City get Laporte from from Bilbao? But that was a release close thing, and I think it was about seventy million at the time. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the time, they just don't sell the players. They they, they ended up keeping them. Um, but Williams, as I said, he's still very young at the minute. Uh, just a little bit more on his output. So from from he starts in La Liga. He's got three goals and four assists. Um. Obviously, some of that can stem from the stylistic nature of his team and things like that. Maybe they're not particularly offensive. I don't watch Bilbao very often, um, but he seems to be seems to have become more of a starter this season compared to last season when he was a bit more of a bit part player. But he looks like one to watch just based on his his raw qualities and stuff. And if he can take his career in the right direction, he's got everything that you kind of need to be a really problem attacker for it for opponents, but. Um, he looks a bit raw for me at the minute to be like Tigers as a Bernie team and like that. Yeah, I think so. I think he's he's one who he will occasionally have a really good performance and that might get a few column inches going and a few uh, sporting directors interested. But in terms of firm bids, I think simply because of, like you said, the parameters that um, Bill Bauer are going to put on him, he's probably going to be a lot more valuable to them than he will be to any potential suitors which might end up being why he does end up staying, if he does end up staying. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Who's next? Well, first of all, I have to apologize to my friend Connor Clancy because my last two picks come from the same team and they're his team. So he's going to think <laughs> I'm getting at him. But this is his fault for telling me to watch Atalanta so much. And he was right because Atalanta... I've got some very good players. And the very first one I'm going to pick is a fellow called Giorgio Scalvini, who 
I believe some people may have heard because there have been some sensitive links with Liverpool over the last few months. Now, this kid, he's he's tall. He's very tall. He's not broad, but he has the ability to play as a centre-back, but also can play as a defensive midfielder. He's got that range of passing that allows him to get further ahead. I think there are a lot of people in Italy who think he's going to be the future at centre-back. But if you look at his ability on the ball, he does have it to be able to go further in midfield. I've been comparing him to, there was a couple of other centre-backs I was looking at. I was looking at Piero Hincapi and uh, Leverkusen, who I also like. Uh, there's another Leon guy, uh, Lukeba, who looks very good as well. And I think of the three of them, I pump for Scalvini simply because I think he has a versatility. He's able to do all the things you want from a defender. He's got good tackle numbers. He's got good interception numbers. But he's also got a very high pass completion rate. So he's able to distribute the ball when he needs to. And I know that this isn't about Liverpool, but allow me to digress a little bit. He's left-footed. If he is going to play as a centre-back, it's normally on the left side. We're going to need one of those soon. Yeah, well, it's funny you should say that because I'm actually watching clips of him now and I've just watched him <laughs> play a, a proper cross-field diagonal ball with a right foot. So, Joe, he's got distribution attached to his game. Um, obviously, Joel Mazzup has a contract which is due to expire at the end of next season, I think. I've even saw the odd little word that he's potentially up for sale this summer. I don't think he's up for sale, is he? But something that Liverpool listen to bids or something like that. But because of Van Dijk, we haven't really... I, I can't remember who... The, the last left-footed centre-back Liverpool had might... It was Daniel Lagan left-footed? Yeah. Is, is, that, is that the last one that we had? Well, I mean, according to Transformart, he is right-footed. But I've seen him do plenty with his left foot, put it that way. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, for the speaker of the show then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I, looks I, like a, he looks like a, a relatively complete player though, yeah. Six, six foot four as well, which is impressive. He is. And I think like I said, he's is comfortable, his composure belies his years. And that's one of the things you're gonna need as a centre back. You need as you are learning your trade, you need to be able to be tough enough to deal with whatever the strike has given you, but also have that range of passing and the ability to be able to kind of win those battles and then take the ball forward. And yeah, I, I think this guy's got it. I've just been informed by our producer, Pat, that Ragnar Klavan was actually left footed. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we. I don't think we were really watching him passing, were we? <laughs> no. We were, Watching him fall over most, most weeks, I think. <laughs> and it, it's funny that that famous clip of the of the, 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 the blind step over he does. I think he plays it with his right after that, so maybe it <laughs> as well. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean he's one of the one of the most interesting signs I think of, of the club either. Uh, but yeah, left footed. Know that one. Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel. Uh, so we'll move on anyway to. I'm going back to, to Holland and I'm going to PSV where we've just bought Gakpo from and I'm going to one of his teammates in uh, Xavi Simmons. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, interesting player, looks very interesting. He's another of the PSG production line 
and another who seems to be underappreciated by PSV to the extent that they've let him go for buns. Uh, I think the same happened a few seasons ago to Musa Diaby, who went to Leverkusen. And I think the same happened with Christopher Nkunku as well, who went to Leipzig. These are just forward players who, who have bags of potential, but PSV just wants proven quality, so they end up selling them for, for small fees. So PSV took advantage of that. Uh, he's still only 19 years old, but this season I'm pretty sure he's played every game. I think he's made 20 starts. Um, and he's played as... He's played as kind of a middleman uh, up front. I think sometimes as a 10, sometimes as a bit more of a centre-forward. And he's kind of like been a bit of a facilitator, really, for, for Gakpo, funnily enough, who, from the left, kind of hoovered up most of the PSV attack. And um, Simmons through the middle. I think he... He depicts shades of of Firmino for me. Um, I think he's, he's he's really slight in comparison. Though he's like I think he's actually like oh five six. Yeah. Um, very technical, good good close control and things like that. And to be fair to him, he has got nine goals and four assists in his twenty starts this season. Um, but one of the reasons I I associate him with Firmino is I think Firmino just has this like remarkable ability to pick up the ball in the smallest spaces despite how much pressure he's under and basically just kind of make the ball stick just mm. make just offer like glue basically in the final third and Simmons looks like he's that kind of talent really I'm not sure if he's a, a false nine or a number 10 or whatever but whatever he is anyway he got called up to um, the Dutch World Cup squad I think Van Gaal was praising his, his performances and training and things like that and I just think considering he's 19 by the time he's like I don't know, closer to 23, 25. I would expect him, if he, if he continues in his vein, to to be at a bigger club, basically, potentially, even in the Premier League. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one, Xavi Simons, because he's, he's kind of one of those who was like a wonder kid who kind of lost his way and has kind of refound it again. A little bit like Martin Odegaard or, mm. or Kubo, Kubo, who's doing really well for Sociedad these days. Because, yeah. I mean, he came through at Barcelona, and like you say, his stature, close control, skill, obviously he's going to get compared to Lionel Messi. And he was compared to Lionel Messi. Ironically, he made the move to Paris first. Uh, and it didn't quite go well because, like you say, PSG are always looking at the bigger picture. And they were in flux at that point between uh, Pochettino and uh, previous manager uh, Tuchel. So he didn't really get proper opportunities. And like you say, he was shipped out like so many of their best young talent. But I'm so pleased to see him start to get his career together again because when he was touted as the young Messi, you could really see it. I mean, I think under-19s, under-18s football, he was an absolute superstar. And it, all of the the, the, um, the compilation videos, I say, are, are out there for him. I'm sure I remember them from that time. But sometimes when you see a player who's taken that way, particularly like Lionel Messi is such a big name to put onto someone's shoulders at that age. Yeah. And yet he was doing so much more than he should have been at that age. So people felt, okay, he can handle everything. He's still a young man. He's not going to be able to handle everything. So maybe being at PSV, it's a shame in some ways that Gagpo's not there because they were, by this all accounts, building up quite a nice little partnership. But 
I think he might actually be better off maybe not going straight to a big team now. Maybe staying at PSV another year. Maybe moving to a team that's in the Champions League, but not necessarily a team that's desperate to win it every season. And just kind of, he's got time. He's 19 years old. He can take his time and progress and learn and adapt as a footballer, particularly if he's still going to be playing internationally. I think, again, he's a very good talent, but they need to 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 manage him well to make sure he, he reaches his potential. Yeah, well, I think he should kind of do basically what Diaby and, and Nkunku have done. Obviously, they've, they they moved from PSG a few years ago and they haven't really rushed that next move. They've allowed themselves to, to develop uh, at their respective clubs. Now Nkunku is going to Chelsea at a point where he seems ready. Um, and Simmons looks like he's got lots of qualities attached to his game. As I said, he's really, really agile, changes direction direction very very quickly and you can understand as a result of that why Messi has popped up as a, a potential target for him which is ridiculous <laughs> now, no one's going to get a close line on Messi in my lifetime I'll be amazed if they do um, but in terms of a, a spokes possessing a similar skill set but to a smaller level I think he he, he is similar and uh, it's interesting actually that since Gakpo moved to Anfield, he's been used in a Firmino kind of role. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years' time, I'm not sure what the plan is for, for Gakpo, but even a few years' time, Simmons looks like a, a better heir to, the, to Firmino's throne than, than Gakpo does. Um, but obviously, Liverpool couldn't move for Simmons. He just moved to PSV six months ago. He's still only 19 and things. So I, I think Gakpo was more of a sensible sign in that sense. But I think further down the line, it'd be interesting to see what what Simmons becomes. But I think we'll uh, we'll round up there, mate. Bit of a shorter episode than usual, mm-hmm. and a bit of a different episode as well. But uh, you've now taken part in your first. <laughs> well, in that case, I just want to put two more names into the pot. Sorry, three yeah. more names into the pot, just in case they do blow up in time before we do the next one. Good. So, uh, Rasmus Hoyland. The other guy at Atalanta I was going to mention, Danish striker, going to be compared to the other big Scandinavian striker, but he's actually better in the build-up play. Only had a short period of time where he's improved, but if he continues on that same trajectory, he's going to be a problem. Another English winger playing abroad, Sam Inning Jr., currently playing at Juventus. Again, he's made very few appearances so far, but when he has come off the bench, he's looked amazing. One game in particular against Benfica in the Champions League, he um, he basically roasted their whole defence. Set up one goal, could have set up another couple, and was I mean, Juve had a terrible Champions League campaign, so that moment really stood out. And finally, yeah. Arnel Martinez, another young right back playing for Girona, converted from a centre back. He's got the attacking stats, but again, he's another one who's really good in his defensive work. Really, really impressive. I mean, he's basically been shining for a, a mid-table team at the moment. He's one of the most towered fullbacks in in La Liga, you'll find. So, yeah, I want to mention those three because I feel like Martinez in particular, he might be the guy who Barcelona look to finally shore up that right-back side. So, if they can get him on one side and Balde on the other, look out. Yeah, all good shouts, Smith. It's been an, an impressive debut, I'll be honest. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us as always, mate. No problem. I enjoy it.
and uh, we will be back next week so thanks for tuning in and we will see you then you've been listening to the analyzing anfield podcast on the blood red channel